Justin Kinner, Kev Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Hope everyone's having a great day. We're excited to be hanging out with you here on this Tuesday afternoon. We've got a jam-packed three-hour show coming your way. Jo- coming, uh, joining us coming up here around the corner, Ian Fitzsimmons, ESPN Radio, going to join us. We'll again start beginning to look ahead to this Sunday and talk a little Super Bowl again. Uh, we're going to be focusing on that a lot a little bit more today than we have over the last week or so. So keep that in mind. We'll also have ESPN Radio's Jason Fitz joining us at 4.30. Uh, so we have all of that coming your way. So about 15 minutes from now, Ian Fitzsimmons uh, from ESPN Radio and then Jason Fitz uh, from Spain and Fitz will call in at 4.30. Uh, so we have a lot coming your way. But I wanted to open with this because all day, you know, you just start listening to different sports talk shows. You watch uh, the different sports shows out there. Uh, and of course, it's all about Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. But then when you match what you are seeing and reading and viewing with what you see on social media, the venom that is spewed towards Tom Brady always just seems to fascinate me, Kev. I'm always amazed at the venom that is spewed towards Tom Brady and the dislike for Tom Brady. And I guess the question that I have is, is why? What is it about Tom Brady that makes him so unlikable? Because he's never a part of, I mean, his teams have been a part of a scandal, but not so much Tom Brady. And if you'll call in and waste time with flattened footballs, if you really think that Tom, if you really think that Tom Brady's greatness stems from flattened footballs, I really, look, I'm not, you know, I'm not a football aficionado by any means, but I don't think dynasties start with flattened footballs. Let's just put it that way. But the dislike for Tom Brady stemmed well before that. That just added to the fuel. That was fuel to the fire that is the hatred for Tom Brady. I remember, uh, you know, when I first started doing the show years and years ago, or at least working on the, at the station years ago before, you know, doing the show every day, uh, you know, I remember it was the, the Falcons and the, the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And remember doing a topic similar to this, saying, you know, what is it about Tom Brady that you hate, that you hate? Why do you hate Tom Brady? There's nothing about Tom Brady that's unlikable outside of the fact that you just don't like him because he's a winner. What is it about winners that we hate in sports? Maybe not so much you and I, mm-hmm. uh, me, but <laughs> no. What is it about winners in sports that we just hate? Because it's funny, the guys that you, you think that if, if Tom Brady would be accused of the stuff that... Uh, that Tiger Woods or Big Ben or some of these quarterbacks are great, not, I mean, not quarterbacks, but, you know, great athletes. Sometimes this is stemming outside of football a little bit. It's amazing. Like Tiger Woods can do no wrong in the eyes of his fans, right? Tiger Woods is a legend. He's great. Everyone loves Tiger Woods no matter what. But there's a lot that you could dislike Tiger Woods for. Uh, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson has a huge following. There's a lot you could dislike Mike Tyson for, but he's popular everywhere he goes. Uh, you know, it, it's amazing to me. LeBron James, we can't stand him. What's the biggest What's the biggest knock you have on LeBron? Oh, he left Cleveland. Like what? Is, but people hate LeBron James. People hate Tom Brady. And I guess the question I have is: We head into the Super Bowl this Sunday. To me, I'm one of those where I just appreciate greatness. I feel like we as fans sometimes don't appreciate what we're watching right in front of us. Nick Saban. People hate Nick Saban, right? Yep. You know, we're getting to the point now where Dabo Sweeney and Clemson went from this cute little underdog story to now people legitimately hate Clemson. Anything that comes out of Dabo's mouth is it's fuel to the fire of the hatred that has stemmed his way. Um, and I, th- the only thing that everyone has in common, and it's not a personality trait, it's just an accomplishment trait. They're all winners. Dabo winning two national titles in three years. He has more, you know, it's Alabama with three, uh, you know, Clemson with two, Ohio State with one, LSU one. You know, there, there, 
there's they're just winners. Like we hate the winners. Like Ohio State is disliked outside of our fan base for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fans are obnoxious. The fans view themselves as the same as the teams who have won multiple championships over the last decade. So that kind of puts them in that category. But I am curious your thoughts on Tom Brady. What is it about him that makes him so unlikable? Because it amazes me. We should be talking about the greatness of Tom Brady, but you can't say his name. I can't tweet his name. I can't look at a post about him on social media without somebody just destroying him. And he has no scandals. Flat footballs is not a scandal, folks. It's just not. Like, we, people tried so hard with that. It, flat, if you think Tom Brady's greatness comes from flat footballs, come on. Like, let's be real. What is it, Kev? Because he was just like before the flat football gate. It's as simple as this, man. We build you up to break you down. It's as simple as people rooted for them when they beat the Rams to get their first Super Bowl because we were sick of the Rams in the fastest show on turf. We need an enemy. Everybody needs a team to dislike or a person to dislike. And he is that for the NFL. He's the guy, unless you're a New England Patriots fan or a Tom Brady fan or a Michigan fan, you can't stand him because you know why? He beats all of your teams outside of the Giants. You know, he's twice. He's beat my team plenty of times. So I don't like him for that reason alone. And then we need somebody to dislike in the NFL. And he fits the bill because he's won the most. Just like you talked about with Dabo before, oh gosh, golly, good luck. Man, I'm just we're just happy to be here. We're winners. We're trying to climb our way to the top all those all those sands. You're rooting for them. Everybody's rooting for them when they play Alabama with Deshaun Watson. Nobody was rooting for them outside of their fan base when they were playing Ohio State this past time. Nobody likes Dabo now because you won so much. Now people feel like, all right, man, it's somebody else's turn to win. That's that's how sports are built. That's how they're operated. I mean, we can look like at LeBron. Everybody recognizes LeBron as greatness, but People don't like him because he wins a lot. He wins a ton. Like myself, I didn't. I never rooted for Kobe Bryant, not because he wasn't great. It's because he's a Laker and he's always winning. So I don't like him. That's just how it goes. That's how sports goes. There's very few people out there that just truly sit back and appreciate greatness at every level and just appreciate the game and really don't have a quote unquote rooting interest for a team or a. a player over another player who would just sit back and enjoy the the sport whatever they're watching there are very few people out there that can do that yeah i give it a if if the kansas city chiefs win this weekend oh yeah Patrick Mahomes is going to be is slow, like it's not like as he's hoisting up the trophy, everyone's going to be like, God, I hate him. It's but it's going to slowly turn into that over yes. time. Like th- th- this always happens. Uh, the the greater they are, the more dislike it. But I guess I'm curious because you know I was a young young kid growing up during Michael Jordan's you know run in the '90s with the Bulls. Social media wasn't around right. then. Um, so I'm like, did, did Michael Jordan have that? Because I feel yes. like he did have it. Yes, I felt. I mean, for me, if I said I feel like he does it, but. I, again, that's why I'm asking. I, I, where was, where to, would people direct their anger, I guess, with no social media, you know? You uh, old man, Kev. <laughs> no, just around the neighborhood. If we're in the neighborhood, so just for instance, I'll take you back to Cleveland. We're in Cleveland. I grew up in Cleveland and everything uh, like that. Ah, Elo. Yeah, I see why now. No, no yeah, I know what you're too, saying. I know that, you're that, saying. That, that for sure, too. <laughs> but um, in my neighborhood where I grew up, we had Lakers fans. We had Detroit Pistons fans. Everybody's rooted for the Cavs, but, you know, we kind of knew that Cavs weren't going to be winning like that. So, you know, you gravitated towards MJ. And when Jordan and the Bulls played the Lakers, you thought it was going to be a civil war in Cleveland, Ohio, because it's Magic Johnson. You know, like that's the team that everybody gravitated towards back in those days. It was Magic Johnson. 
and the upstart Bulls, like that was the team that the younger kids, like all the teenagers did, but like all the, you know, 25 and 30 year olds who grew up with Magic Johnson was rooting for Magic Johnson. But then the young buck comes along and they couldn't stand him. But all the young kids like him. And that's the same way that when LeBron came along, you have people of my era who hang the Michael Jordan banner. But you have the younger generation waving the LeBron James banner. And then there's going to be a person after LeBron that comes up that kids are in high school, meaning elementary school that grew up watching and says, you know, is it Trey Young, whomever, whomever that person is going to be, they're going to wave that flag. So people express themselves just like everywhere else at the barbershop around the neighborhood at the lunch table about who's better who's not one of my brother's best friends hates michael jordan with a passion despises him just talks about you know the gambling uh all the rumors about his father and stuff like that whenever he finds a little article he sends that it there's no me way to treat the second best player of all time <laughs> so like 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 people like i know it seems like no one dislikes Michael Jordan of a certain age, but trust me, there's tons of people out there who can't stand Michael Jordan. Yeah, and again, if you're just tuning in, I'm Justin Kinner. He's Kev Nash opening up with, again, just I've noticed every, the media drools over Tom Brady. And to be fair, the media doesn't attack Tom Brady too often. I mean, if there's a if there's controversy, like the flattened football thing, media jumped on that like you wouldn't believe. I mean, it was months and months of that. But overall, there's nothing dislikable about Tom Brady. He smiles in every press conference. He was asked about Bill Belichick. I believe in the media conference today or yesterday. And everyone wants there to be drama between him and Bill Belichick. And he went on and on and said if it was not for Bill Belichick, he would not be the player that he is today. He would not be who he is with the Bucks today. Um, and that's something we're, we're going to get into coming up uh, here in a little bit. But like he had a chance to just say, yeah, Bill Belichick meant a lot. But he went on for about a good two, three minutes about how important Bill Belichick was in his life. He never once referenced that they're buddy-buddy or that they speak daily. Or, in fact, they haven't even spoken at all. So a member of the media did ask him, has Bill Belichick reached out to you at all during this? And he did say no. Um, but, again, that's a reason right there that he could spew venom. To the, and he doesn't. You know, after the game, you see the camera pan over to him, and he runs right to the sideline, and he screams to have his kid come down so he could hug his kid after. It's all cute little, you know. We see that in sports all the time. But it's Tom Brady, and fans j- just can't stand him. They, they can't stand him. But it's not just a Tom Brady issue. It is what we talked about. For whatever reason, we hate greatness. That's why I tune into sports, by the way, mm-hmm. is for greatness. But yet, that's why we, those are the guys we hate the most, and I'll, I'll just never understand it. You know, Giannis Antetokounmpo is a great story right now in the NBA. Two MVPs, you know, but eventually it's going to get to the point where you turn on him, right? That's what happens, especially if he starts winning championships, right? Championships are going to be key. That's going to be important. Um, you know, but Steph Curry was very likable, not likable now. I mm-hmm. kind of blame Kevin Durant for that uh, coming <laughs> over there because Kevin Durant going to the Warriors made them very unlikable. They were the new heel in, in the NBA. Right. The other thing, too, is I remember the Oklahoma City Thunder, like the th- probably the three most disliked people in the NBA today are the three that were the three most lovable guys in the NBA when the Oklahoma City Thunder were kind of coming up. When you had Russell Westbrook, when you had Kevin Durant, when you had James Harden. Now all three of those have an MVP under their belt. Mm-hmm. All right, Kevin Durant has multiple NBA championships. All right, Harden has an MVP. Westbrook has an MVP. Like these three have all reached the you know the top of the NBA landscape, 
and everyone hates him. But when they were together with the OKC Thunder, they were coming up together. They were going after the big bad Lakers. You know, they saw it, Phil Jackson and and Kobe Bryant and Lamar Odom and and, and Pau Gasol and those guys. They were the the guy that was trying to take down the empire that was the Lakers. We just hate greatness, and I'll never get it. We'll pick up with this conversation coming up later on more in the show because we'll have the phone lines up and running by that point. But I'm just curious, why is it that we hate greatness so much? It, it drives me up the wall. When you tune into sports, do you want to watch the worst of the worst? You want to watch the no? I don't want to watch the good guy. I want to watch the middle of the pack guys. Let's forget the starters. I want to see the bench start tonight. I want to see the average guy. No, you tune into sports to watch the great players. If you if you go to an NBA game and the starters don't play, you get mad. Why? I'm not spending money to not watch the. That's what we do. We we want to see the greats. We want to watch the greats, but yet we hate the greats. I'll never understand that. ESPN Radio Z and Fitzsimmons. He joins us next. It's the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash live here on Dayton's ESPN Radio Station, fourteen ten Wing AM. Justin Kenner, Kev Nash, back with you here on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM. we got a big week for you again as we're getting closer and closer to the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. We're, we're allowed to say it's the big game. I just <laughs> come, we're allowed, you know, I, I get all nervous sometimes. I'm like, wait, are we allowed to How are we allowed to use the word Super Bowl in, you know, in, in a live show? We're good, right? I like, believe so. I have so. no clue what the rules are. We're not selling anything. If you, you ask know? our bosses, I have a habit of always having a habit of saying the wrong thing, which is not a good habit of being in when you host a three-hour radio show daily <laughs> so there's that let's bring in our next guest again talking all things super bowl as we get closer and closer to the bucks and the chiefs coming up on sunday you can hear ian fitzsimmons uh weeknights along with freddie coleman uh starting at 9 p.m right here on 1410 espn radio ian fitzsimmons joining us now ian welcome in sir how are you i'm uh, doing well man doing well how are you guys doing by the way kevin how often do you get nwl references just out of curiosity <laughs> every single day at what, time, at what point did it get old? I mean, I'm assuming it was like day three. Probably somewhere around like week four. You know, I was just like trying to explain why my name is this. You know, just some people don't buy it because I'm not a oh, wrestling man. fan. That's where I was going to go with it. He yeah, hates I, wrestling. He hates, a, I, I, look, I, I loved wrestling growing up. I mean, like, you know, Dusty Rhodes and Hacksaw, Bush Duggan and all that, you know, all that stuff. But, man, I mean, the Junkyard Dog. Yeah. But, look. I mean, it, this new stuff I can't watch. But that, that was the last era was NWO when I was watching wrestling. I'm like, I'm going on with Kevin. That, no, he's <laughs> a former Tennessee volunteer. It ain't the same guy. But but I had to, I just had to ask how often you get it. And I'm assuming, yeah, from idiots like me, every damn day. <laughs> it's all good, man. Good times. So, look, we, we brought you on because we wanted your thoughts on Edge winning the Royal Rumble this past Sunday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know? I don't even know who that is. I got no idea, right? I'm, you want to go old school, yeah. man, like Ric Flair and whatnot. I'm in, babe, but I mean... Uh, these new guys, no idea. Ric Flair was on the Royal Rumble card. He wasn't in the match itself, but you know his daughter wrestles, so he he played a role in the Royal Rumble card. But anyways, interestingly enough, so there's that. <laughs> but uh, we want to bring in on the conversation we had to open up. You know, it's funny, like you know, across sports, radio, any sports, you know, television, what have you. Tom Brady, it's all about Tom Brady. It's all about Patrick Mahomes. But the second you go read the comment section with anything Tom Brady, or if we even mention his name on the show, so much venom is spewed about Tom Brady. What is it about Tom Brady who is so likable, but yet probably the most unlikable character in all of the National Football League? What is it about him that makes him so unlikable for some? And don't say flat footballs. If, if anyone out there thinks flat footballs are why he's great, I mean, they don't know football. I and mean, hopefully that's not your response. 
No, hell no. Look, I mean, it's everything about the man. And, uh, and look, people are envious of, of success. Uh, and he, people don't remember what, what he was coming into Michigan. He was like the seventh quarterback on, on, on the depth chart and fought his way all the way up and, and split time uh, with, uh, with Drew Henson uh, mm-hmm. in his final senior year. And people thought, now I look back and go, Lloyd Carr, I mean, what the hell were you thinking? No wonder he didn't win a national championship with, with Tom Brady as your quarterback. Well, he wasn't Tom Brady that we see now, but he fought for all of that. And then he, uh, you go from Bridget Moynihan to Giselle. God, <laughs> you hate the guy, right? I mean, the dimple in his damn chin, I mean, is, is annoying. Um, but, you know, he, he's this good-looking guy who's got a, you know, a super bottle wife, great kids, and, oh, by the way, playing in his 10th Super Bowl. That'll do it. Ten. I mean, dude, Marcus Spears, he played nine years in the league, and this guy's going to his tenth Super Bowl. I mean, it's just, it's insane what he's been able to accomplish, and, and he's still playing at a grotesquely high level. He's kicking father time right now in the Cajones, man. Uh, over 4,600 yards passing. I mean, what, what he did this year was, was nothing sort of remarkable, and I give Bruce Arians and Tom Brady a ton of credit. After their bye week, they really sat down and said, alright, what's working well for us? And we talked to Arians about this, and you know, he said, look, we, we, we looked at this and said, this this part of our playbook is not working. Gone. This, we're going to do less. We're going to do more with less. Less is going to be more. And it's worked. And ever since that bye week, there is not a single team in the NFL that's averaging more points per game, more yards per play, and time of possession than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it all starts with that guy wearing 12. And we all hate him for it. <laughs> now, I've been talking to a lot of my buddies about the Super Bowl. Everybody in my friend, friend group thinks that the Chiefs are going to blow Tampa Bay out. And I think the game is going to be no. real close because of the simple fact that they're playing shuffling chairs on the Chiefs offensive line. They're already down their starting tackles. Now a situation going on with the center with COVID and everything like that. I think that big matchup goes between Tampa Bay's front four and the offensive line with the Kansas City Chiefs because if they're able to get pressure – then Mahomes might be in trouble. I, I could not agree with you more. Uh, and, and it's a backup center that was at the barber shop with Demarcus Robinson, uh, and their barber got uh, tested positive for COVID, and that's why you know Daniel Kilgore and, and Demarcus Robinson are not. They have not tested positive. They are just in contract tracing protocol. Uh, but I, I agree with you, man. Eric Fisher goes down. Now you're moving Mike Remmers. Ask Carolina Panther fans about Mike Remmers. You're moving Remmers from right to left, and Remmers was a backup to Schwartz, who was your starting right tackle, but he, he went out early in the year, so at least Remmers has gotten some valuable reps in this offense, but he's switching sides now, so now you have a backup going to left tackle, a backup right tackle. You're a big nicked up inside, and the way Shaq Barrett and JPP are firing off the edges right now, I mean, Shaq Barrett, that first step should be illegal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's naughty. I mean, it's X-rated. It's vivid video, man. We go old school. I mean, it, it, it is... It is Filthy, and you, when you and when you chip in with a tight end or a running back, just go go, go turn on the tape. He's as, as explosive dealing with a chip and double team as he is when he's just singled up. And and, and when you do chip him, you know what that's doing? It's freeing up Levante David mm-hmm. and and Devin White and Dominic Sue. And that guy's not got enough credit. He is a space eater right now. He has transformed his career in from being just. From caving the pocket and getting to the quarterback, right, right? to caving the, po- the pocket and freeing up and hog tying two, three guys to let his linebackers run run loose. That front seven for Tampa and the offensive line for Kansas City 
Kevin, I could not agree with you more. I've said it a million times over the last week and a half, and I'll continue to say it. That is where this game will be decided. Now, the physicality of Tampa Bay secondary as well. A lot of us here in Buckeye country know the name Antoine Whitfield, but this is Antoine Whitfield Jr., who they're going to get back for the Super Bowl, the rookie Hell of safety. So the way that Tampa Bay was grabbing and super physical with the Green Bay receivers, it's really all up to the refs, right? Like how they're going to allow the, the game to be played. Yeah, and, and I, I hate to even bring up refs right now. I mean, you know, because <laughs> it's, it's uh, being a New Orleans Saints fan, we, we, it gives me a, a twitch every now and then. Because uh, yeah, I'm all about who dat, not who day. When I was in Columbus, Ohio with Kirk Herbstreit, uh, for years, yeah, that was always a battle, man. Hey, hey I'm not who day, I'm who dat. But anyway, um, man, he, I hope it doesn't come down to how all the officials, you know, call this game. Let these guys play. I mean, you want hand fighting, let them hand fight. Both these secondaries are talented. Obviously, Kansas City led by Tyron Matthew. Uh, you know, the front sevens are, 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 are both aggressive. Let, the, let these two teams go play. It's a Super Bowl. The last thing you need, uh, especially if you're Roger Goodell, is a controversial call that went against the way the rest of the game was called. Let them play, let them hand fight, let them get after it. And that, that's just my opinion. That, that, that's just part of football. And I, I think we've gotten a little too ticky-tack in some calls, especially, you know, over the last couple of years. Uh, in a game like this, I mean, it, it's the game. Let them play. ESPN Radio's Ian Fitzsimmons with us here on the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash on 1410 ESPN Radio. Uh, you speak very highly of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Is that your team that you're rolling with this weekend uh, as we send you out to Bucks Chiefs? Which, you know, who, who you, what's your gut telling you right now? It's a big gut. Uh, oh, man, <laughs> you know, I, I, it goes back to what we just talked about. You know, that, that Tampa you know, defensive front against that, that mass unit, even though Patrick Mahomes is – so athletic and, and, and can get out of trouble. Um, I, I just think it's going to be relentless. Todd Bowles has done a remarkable job, again, since the bye week in revamping this defense. Uh, they're healthy. They're aggressive. They're, they're stalking guys right now. Uh, and Devin White tacked off. David tacked off. I mean, it, and this is one where I, I do believe it is truly decided with the Kansas City offensive line against that front seven. And the advantage to me is clearly – with the with the Tampa Bay front seven, close game. I think the Tampa Bay wins this thing. And then, yeah, Tampa Tom, Tom Brady, the guy we started out talking about. Why everybody hates his dimple and his beautiful wife and his bank account and everything else about him, right? Well, guess what? I think he's taking home another Lombardi seven at the age of forty three. Wow! You mentioned you're a Saints fan, so is it Taysom Hill next year or Jameis? Great question, man. Uh, you know, and, and this is one thing I, that I love about Drew Brees, having gotten to know him a little bit over the years. Uh, he's not going to retire before the Super Bowl. He 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 has too much respect for the game. He's not going to steal a headline. Uh, but I do believe, you know, that that scene with he and his, his lovely wife Brittany after the game, when they're forehead to forehead on the on the on the, the Superdome turf, when he came out of the locker room, that said it all to me. But even before Tom Brady came out and throwing passes with his kids and. Telling his son, you know, Drew Brees' kids, hey, be nice to your sister, which I thought was a great moment from Tom Brady. Um, that moment of he and, and Drew Brees and his wife on the field when he came out of the locker room, uh, that, that said it all to me. That, that was it. It's done. 11 fractured ribs, a punctured lung at 41, about to be 42 years of age. Uh, I think all of a sudden the, the, the great ones get a sense of mortality. And I think he had a, a remarkable sense of mortality this year. And, 
and, uh, and that was it. And Tom Brady's not, by the way, and he talked about yesterday. Um, yeah, he can see him. He can see himself playing past forty-five. I agree with that because you know he he had, does not have that sense of mortality. He has not had that injury that Peyton Manning right. had with the neck, right? Or Drew Brees with the ribs and a punctured lung. You know, until he believes his body can't do it anymore, that dude will play till he's eighty-eight if he can. <laughs> And let you go now, but again, you need to go out and get your uh, EA Sports. Uh, you know, you need to get that back in your game, right? I mean, are you excited about the college football? EA Sports announced they're bringing the college football game back. That's the biggest news of today. Man, dude, I have not been on the sticks since on the sticks. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Nineteen ninety-two, Bill Wallace College Football came out, and, I, and I'm an undergrad at Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Um, they just shut down men's soccer in the Title IX. Worst thing that ever happened to me because I went and got fat, filthy fat, drunk and stupid. <laughs> and I did not put down the sticks for a good year. It cost me a year of college. So I won't, I'm glad it's back. It's awesome for the players. Uh, it's awesome for us as fans. I love the, uh, the college football game, going back to Bill Walsh, Sega. But that's the last time that these paws were ever <laughs> had a joystick in them. And it ain't, it ain't happening again. That'd be like giving a heroin addict a needle, dude. I mean, nope, not gonna do it. I wouldn't remember my kids' names if you put the if you put sticks in my hands again. All right, well, it's gonna be the Freddie Coleman show then. Without you, uh, once those games come out, then there's that. You can catch Ian Fitzsimmons weeknights at nine o'clock right here on fourteen ten ESPN Radio and Freddie and Fitzsimmons. Uh, Ian, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Take care. Hey, when my wife files divorce papers, I blame you guys. There you go, right there. <laughs> Take care. We appreciate it. Thanks. All right, good stuff there. Again, that's Ian Fitzsimmons. You can catch him weeknights on Freddie and Fitzsimmons. And, you know, we're talking about this. Like, him and Freddie Coleman have a fantastic show. Yes. Like, but it, everyone's like, well, why do they bury him? Keep in mind, there's a West Coast, too. Yeah. They are huge yep. uh, in the West Coast. And I'm a huge fan of Freddie uh, Coleman and Ian Fitzsimmons, too. So I was excited to kind of get him on the show. But very entertaining. And we appreciate him coming on and hanging out with us. Looking ahead to this Sunday. Uh, again, Tampa Chiefs. Not enough love being given to the Bucks, you know, but it was interesting to hear. But there's a lot of reasons why. Yeah, man, they're they're physical, man. They're physical in the secondary. They're physical up front. It's gonna be a game, man. I, I still think the Chiefs are gonna win ultimately, but it's not gonna be what people think. Like I, I talk to a lot of my buddies. They're talking, oh man, they got too many weapons, too many this. Like, well, can't get the ball to those cool weapons if you can't block up front, man. And they're dealing with a lot of backups on Kansas City Chiefs front line. So it's gonna be a good game, man. I'm looking forward to it. We opened up the show talking about Tom Brady. Why is he so disliked? I mean, all the guy does is win. When I when I think about sports, if someone's going to offer me tickets to a game, I want to know who I'm going to go watch. Are there stars in the game? Is it worth watching? You Everything about sports is about going to watch the best product possible, but yet we hate the best of the best when it comes to that. It, it always fascinates me, and it's not just a Tom Brady topic. It's LeBron James in the NBA, the Yankees in Major League Baseball. Uh, the Cow- Well, the Cowboys haven't won a damn Super Bowl in three decades now, but I mean, they were the the face of that, but you know, the Patriots have kind of taken over as that a little bit, and even individuals in the NFL, uh, as far as that goes, but we'll pick up with that conversation coming up later on the show, but Ryan Roth, he chimes in and says, my experience is that if you don't have haters, you ain't doing your job, and uh, well... You know, not a whole lot of haters. Uh, but never mind. I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be nice. Uh, but Ryan Roth also says Shaq Barrett was unbelievable versus Green Bay again. Yes, sir. A lot of talk about the offense for the Chiefs, uh, but it's the defense of the Bucks uh, that's going to be the, the difference maker there. Speaking of Shaq Barrett, anytime I can find a, anytime I can come across a story that makes the Cincinnati Bengals look bad, I am all for it. 
I mean, I am all for any time I come across a story that make that embarrasses the Cincinnati Bengals. I love it. And, and Bengals fans hate me, and that's fine, but you're going to hate me even more uh, when we talk about this story on the other side. The Cincinnati Bengals, well, they pulled his, you know, the Bengals is the Bengals. That's going to be the new thing moving forward. Shaq Barrett, you're right, Ryan, was unbelievable against Green Bay. Shaq Barrett's been one of the, you know, the most unbelievable pass rushers in football over the last couple of years. But there's a good chance had the Bengals done their job, he wouldn't even be playing in this Super Bowl. I'll explain on the other side. The Bengals is the Bengals. I'll explain when we come back. On behalf of the mice nest. Mice nest? Yes, mice nest. It's a nest of mice. They finished chewing through your RV wiring, so the fire should start soon. Uh, can we cancel that? Oh, sorry. Once scheduled, they can't really stop because they're mice. A nest of them. RV owners can't schedule when things go wrong on the road. That's why there's Progressive, a leader in RV insurance. Oh, and if you could stay on the line for a quick survey. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Without more licensed workers, Gary's roofing business might hit its ceiling. Hey, that new contract just got pushed up. We are going to need all hands on deck to make this happen. Hey, Gary, you booked me on that other job next week. It's time to hire. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. The moment you sponsor a job on Indeed. All right, guys, we welcome you back. Justin Kinner, Kevin Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. With it being February, that means, well, Valentine's Day is coming up just around the corner. And uh, I want to give a shout-out to a, a show partner, a show sponsor uh, in First Florist and Greenhouses. And, again, they have provided us. They, they're helping us help you. So we appreciate First Florist and Greenhouses. They're helping us help you. Guys, don't wait to the last moment. To get her that special gift for Valentine's Day. In fact, we're here to help you out. For one, we're reminding you well in advance. And for all of our listeners, you have no. If any of you break up after Valentine's Day because you forgot it or you waited the last minute to plan something, that's on you. Shame on you. <laughs> all right, but First Floors and, and Greenhouses has provided us with a free dozen roses and a vase that, of course, you can come away with by doing this. I need you if you do if you're listening. We appreciate that. We need you to head to Facebook. Head to Facebook. Search the Justin Kinner Show. You need to like and follow the Justin Kinner Show page. And then the live video feed. We are live on Facebook right now. If you head to Facebook, search The Justin Kidder Show, take the live video feed and share it, you are automatically enrolled into the drawing to win a free dozen roses and a vase that you can give to your significant other this Valentine's Day. So, and again, the you know dozen roses and the vase come from First Forest and Greenhouses. You can also call them at 937-223-1213 or conveniently order online at firsttheflorist.com. That's firsttheflorist.com. That's F-U-R-S-T, theflorist.com. So, again, you can count on being one lucky winner to win the free dozen roses and a vase to give to your significant other this Valentine's Day, or you can order ahead now by calling 223-1213 or conveniently ordering online at firsttheflorist.com. That's F-U-R-S-T, First Florist and Greenhouses, the official florist of ESPN 1410 Wing AM. What's your plans for Valentine's Day, you and the lady? No clue. <laughs> no clue. I'm just saying, no. I have no idea. In fact, I might be calling the number provided. <laughs> I, might, I might go to Facebook and share my page just to be able to have the free rose. No, there you go. Uh, Nora absolutely hates flowers. She okay. she's adamant, and I'm always. And then I have people tell me, "No, she's saying she hates flowers. But you still got to get." No, she's at, she gets mad when I get her flowers because she goes, "They're expensive, and all I do is throw them out." She goes, "Do not waste money on flowers." Mm. 
So, but, but she never tells me what to get her instead. Yeah, I was about to she ask. Goes, I really you. don't need anything. I'm like, no, we're not doing that game. I don't, I'm too old for games. Just tell me what you want, and I'll get you know. But no, so I have to find other. You know, I have to find something else to surprise her with. But she was mad, so I, I can't. You know, she's not about the fl- the flowers. So I'm like, why? But I'm gonna get her flowers anyway. <laughs> you know, back when the world was open, uh, I would bum uh, Funny Bone tickets off of you and go to the Funny Bone for Valentine's Day because there's always a cool show up there and go get something to eat up at the Green. Yep. Uh, but now we're gonna uh, order some takeout. Uh, we actually have this pretty cool uh, uh, a paint and sip um, situation. Oh, look at you! Yeah, yeah, rolled. yeah. My uh, my sister in law bought us this for uh, for Christmas, so we're gonna be doing some painting and some sipping on some wine and eating some takeout. For Valentine's Day, man. So those are my plans. All right. But again, we have, if we're giving away, thanks to First Florissant Greenhouses, partner up with the show, we're giving away a free dozen roses and a vase for you to give your significant other this Valentine's Day. So make sure you head to Facebook. The, the best way to win the, the free dozen roses and a vase is heading to Facebook. Search The Justin Kinner Show. You have to like and follow the page and share the live video feed, okay? You could watch the show. You could jump in in the comments section and you we can, again, share the live video feed. That's how you, uh, your name will automatically be entered into the drawing the facebook page that you share the live video feed with is the facebook page that we will be contacting to let you know how you could pick up your free roses in fact you don't even have to come here to the station to pick them up you can go directly to first floors and greenhouses provide your name they'll have your info there and they'll hook you up and make sure you have one awesome gift uh, for your significant other this valentine's day so one more time facebook search the justin kinder show like and follow the justin kinder show page and share the live video feed uh to have a shot to win a free dozen roses and a vase this valentine's day and again we'll be doing this every day you can share it and every day uh the more you do it we keep track of how many times you've shared it we keep track of all of that uh we'll be drawing that on friday you'll be contacted on friday and we'll announce the winner on the show so you know who was oh, actually maybe we shouldn't I, I mean i don't know i mean i don't know they'll get busted no no, no. who cares we're gonna announce the winner <laughs> yeah we announce the winner. the winner put them on front street so all right Justin Kinner, Kev Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. So before, you know, we just had Ian Fitzsimmons on. Shout out to him again. You can catch him, uh, you know, Freddie and Fitzsimmons weeknights at 9 o'clock right here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Uh, but there was, you know, he talked about how impressive the Bucks are, the Buccaneers, and mainly because of the defense. And a lot of attention is being given, of course, to the Tom Brady storyline going for his seventh Super Bowl and, uh, you know, in the, t- in the 10th Super Bowl going for number seven. Uh, I mean, obviously, that's the headline. Then you have Patrick Mahomes. You have the old goat, the young goat, kind of the, the handing off of uh, of everything. But the one thing we're forgetting about is just how good this Bucks defense is. Mm-hmm. And part of the, how good this Bucks defense is is because of their pass rush and on the, and you know on that defensive line there's an there's an individual named Shaq Barrett. Well, Shaq Barrett interestingly enough this comes out of Paul Daniel Jr with the Athletic who covers the Cincinnati Bengals, another embarrassing Cincinnati Bengals story and again anytime I come across these I just have to share them. Um but it does tie in with the Super Bowl. It's even better it's content that makes sense. I'm not just, you know, forcing it. It makes sense. Shaq Barrett's one of the best pass rushers in all of football and he could have been a Cincinnati Bengal. In fact, there was terms of agreement between Shaq Barrett and the Cincinnati Bengals as of two years ago, according to this report from The Athletic uh, and Paul Daner Jr. The Cincinnati Bengals almost signed edge rusher Shaq Barrett two off-seasons ago, Kev. They pulled the offer, uh, and he went on to sign a one-year deal with the Buccaneers. And since then, he's you know posted 19 and a half sacks. Paul Daner Jr. revealed this, uh, revealed more to the story. But guess what? There was never a shoulder injury. Mm. The Bengals, who had come to an agreement with him for a contract, you know, they... Their doctors, you know, did the evaluation and said, oh, no, his shoulder is tore up. He's damaged goods. I wouldn't waste money. By the way, Cincinnati Bengals were talking about two years. Two years. You're going to sign him for two years. 
And his shoulder's a little banged up, but there's been no history of him having any shoulder injuries. And somehow the Cincinnati Bengals found this phantom shoulder injury. He goes on to the Bucks. He gets a second and third opinion. There is no shoulder damage. There was never a shoulder injury. And now he goes on to be one of the best passers. So this past season, you, you move on from Carlos Dunlap. Uh, you talk about Geno Atkins and others. You know, they're just not providing what you thought. The Bengals could have had one of the best pass rushing defenses in football had they just not got, had they just gotten out of their own way. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, the Bengals is the Bengals. You want to make fun of the Browns? Oh, Browns is the, the Bengals is the Bengals. They've had opportunity. I mean, you've moved on from Carlos Dunlap. You could have had Shaq Barrett, but you could have had the, Shaq Barrett on one side and Carl Lawson on the other. And it's unbelievable the, the depth they would have had on that defensive line. Now, how much would it have made a difference? I think it would have made a lot of a difference. I, I think that it really would have changed the direction of the Bengals in regards to how competitive they would have been. But then again, you can also argue had they not, you know, been so dysfunctional of a franchise, they never would have got Joe burrow to our conversation from the other day about again bad organizations getting bailed out by being bad that's the setup of not just the nfl but every sport out there you reward the bad teams with the best players out of college it drives me nuts but this is of course this is a com or this is a quote from Shaq barrett said they said i had something wrong with my shoulder or something like that i don't have anything wrong with my shoulder um that's when they pulled off which had me pretty upset because i was putting all of my eggs into that basket i thought cincinnati would have been the right move for me you mean to tell me there was someone out there who actually looked at cincinnati and said man i could see myself settling down here i like this team i like this organization man you better woo the hell you better call first florist and be waiting for him at the <laughs> airport with a dozen roses in a damn vase the fact that this is coming out that a player that's playing in the super bowl that is one of the main reasons the team's in the super bowl this sunday is coming out and saying man i really like cincinnati i would have loved to have set up shop there and this phantom shoulder injury that did not exist that no other team found that he had no history of shoulder injuries uh, issues at all and the Bengals somehow find this fant and that's what scared him off i think it's all bs by the way i think that they wanted to find something wrong i don't think they wanted to commit financially to him and that's why but it's still not a good look for an organization that continues to do the woe is me the oh man we just don't you know we're we're trying to change the culture we're trying to do- well, the culture for the Bucks seems pretty damn good with a guy named Shaq Barrett leading the way on the defensive line right there. Uh, it's unbelievable. But he goes on to say, uh, you know, it would have been a right move for me and my family. They offered me a two-year contract, and my agent was sure uh, that this would be a good opportunity for him. It's been the, it would have been the most money he's ever made with the most security. And that's all he wanted was just, you know, security and stability for his family. Well, Cincinnati, they, they're as loyal as a you know, franchise out there. You don't even have to be good, and they're going to be loyal to you. Uh, so this is a problem, Kev. It's just another... And look, the Bengals aren't the only one to have these kind of reports come out. And look, the Browns have had embarrassing reports coming out on them too. You remember the article about the the Browns that came out a few years ago that uh, that you know they have professional meetings upstairs, and when they came out, there was porn playing on the display. Like someone had had pulled up a website that was being displayed across the entire building. I did not uh, hear oh about my, that. It was the funniest thing I'd ever read in my life. And I'm like, <laughs> the Browns is the Browns. I agree, they're embarrassing, but you know, I still think that's worse than this. But at least this <laughs> yeah. this is still pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, this is yeah, bad. For a guy like Shaq Barrett, uh, undrafted free agent, you know, coming out of a small school, you know, he, he sticks around with Denver for a couple of years, and then he's trying to make his big play in free agency to go to the Cincinnati Bengals. And then that doesn't work out. He ends up in Tampa. And then last year he has like 19 sacks last year. Mm-hmm. Now, there's no guarantee with had 19 with the Bengals. We know that. But that's quite alarming. No, because Zach Taylor would have come up with a defensive scheme to not use him. <laughs> 
but no, you're exactly right. It's just like in basketball. Oh, he averaged 20-some points for this team. You know, if you use him the same way over here, he'll right. score that amount. But no, I definitely agree with what But yeah, it, it's a bad look. It's a bad look because a guy that's been so dominant. And then you look at what he did to the Green Bay Packers offensive line in the NFC Championship game. Like, you know, like I thought that was kind of really overlooked about how the game played out. Uh, last week in the NFC Championship game, like, you know, so much was focused on what Aaron Rodgers didn't do when he was outside the pocket and him forcing the balls. Well, he's forcing a ton of passes because he was under a ton of pressure, and a lot of that pressure was coming from Shaq Barrett. So, you know, the best way to affect any good quarterback, the, to affect the best quarterbacks of all time, is to get pressure on them. That's how the Giants were able to beat New England Patriots twice because they were able to get pressure on Tom Brady with a front four, and that's what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to do to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. So you obviously we don't know what he would have did with the Bengals. It is a bad look for him to go get another physical from another team and they say he's A OK and then sign him up for a nice contract. So he's setting himself up for another nice contract in the near future. Yeah, and again, it is what it is. I I don't think that the Bengals that they were a Shaq Barrett away from being a different team. Uh, they still had way too many flaws. But look, they were historically bad defensively over the last couple of years, Kevin. Four five seven nine four six four. We'll open up the phone lines. They have been historically bad for the last couple of seasons. Uh, that would have made a difference there. Um, and, and the other thing too, and I'm getting this sent in. Keep in mind, if the Bengals were heading in the direction of a rebuild, maybe that's why they chose, you know, chose to go in a different direction. Well, had they been the been an adult and said, "Hey, actually, after." Evaluating this further, we're about to enter a rebuild. This wouldn't really make much sense for us to commit to you financially long term. But that's not what happened here. We're talking about a blunder again within the Bengals organization of this phantom shoulder injury that didn't make sense. And that didn't exist. It's not that it didn't make sense, Kev. It just didn't exist. There was no records out there showing that he has any kind of structural damage to that shoulder at all. But the Bengals somehow, I mean, you got Dr. Gregory House running things. I mean, (laughs) the smartest doctor in the world running things for you and found this phantom injury that doesn't exist. I don't get it. Um, so I, I think that's a problem um, from that standpoint. Is It's just another example. When you think over the last couple of years when they couldn't get the fax machine to work to pull off a trade. they could, You know what I mean? Like they couldn't get – it's just – I'm it's with you, but why are they still stories. using fax machines? Why is the NFL still using fax machines? And, you know – We National still use fax machines. We just, Do we? Huh? I don't. Not me and I, you. I scanned it on my phone and sent a PDF. Hey, listen – when you work in sales, the fax machine <laughs> is actually like it's everyone's best friend. You you, you you pretend you're going to make a copy. You pretend you're going to you go talk to someone. This is pre-COVID. You pretend you're going to go visit with a coworker, but really you're just side-eyeing the fax machine to see because sometimes you know, businesses will fax, hey, we need this. We, I don't know why you just don't email, but hey, you know, we'll take any orders any way we can get, so that's fine by me, but it's interesting. I'm just Speaking of there. fax machines, tomorrow is National Sign of Day, and they still use fax machines to send in National Signing Letter Day. Hey, I like it. I like that old it's school. crazy. You know? It's better. I mean, I'm. Uh, it is what it is. It is weird, man. There's <laughs> All a lot this of technology it. in the world. Still using the fax machine. So you're not saying get off my lawn. You're saying get on my lawn with new technology. Yes, absolutely. Okay, that's fair. I mean, that's we're dealing like with 18-year-old kids. They yeah, you're doing the opposite. I was about to say you're the get off my lawn, but you're the opposite of the get off my lawn guy. Like, just, new technology, man. Let's, you're saying replace my lawn with AstroTurf guy. That's you. <laughs> that that's Kevin Nash right now, as far as that's concerned. By the way, I'm keeping an eye. Where I get, you know, a lot of people are heading to Facebook. They're sharing the page. That's good. That's how you win the free dozen roses. In fact, Ann Anderson, this is pretty cool. She messages in. She goes, Justin, how about a live rose bush? Hey, by the way, you don't 
somebody and ask me, you need a first florist? This is their thing. Okay, I can't just offer you a rose bush from first florist. But I love what she says here, Kev. She goes, uh, I have one growing uh, that the love of her life got her years ago. It's a perfect reminder of 48 years of marriage. Hey, so there you congratulations. Go. Congratulations. I'll be married nine years in August, man. I can't believe it. Really? Yes. Nor have been together eight. <laughs> And we'll be together nine by the time we're married. So there's that. <laughs> so we're back. <laughs> so there you go. Eight years of bliss before the real bliss begins. So there's that. Aye, aye. But uh, no, four five seven nine four six four. if you're just tuning in, you have an opportunity here with Valentine's Day coming up around the corner. Thanks to our uh, sponsor, First Florist and Greenhouses. Shout out to them. They do a fantastic job. And again, they're going to hook you up this Valentine's Day. The best You can win a free dozen roses and a vase that you can give to your significant other this Valentine's Day by heading to Facebook, searching The Justin Kinner Show. You need to like the show page, okay? You need to like the show page. And then we are live. We're video streaming the show live on the show page, so you need to share that. So you need to like the page and share. We're going to cross-reference. We're going to make sure that everyone that shared it is also liked the page. Uh, and then that's how we're going to put your name into a drawing to win the free dozen roses and a vase. The page that you, uh, the Facebook page that you like the show page with is how we're going to contact you. So keep that in mind uh, for those of you who make the fake pages to, to win contests. Like this. I don't care how you do it. Just do it. That's all I care about as far as that goes. It's the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash on 1410 ESPN Radio. But yes, as I was joking and saying, Kev, any reason I can find to kind of poke fun at the Bengals, I'm definitely going to do that. Um, but no, to be honest, to be fair to the Bengals here, Shaq Barrett, it would have been nice for them to have him. I just don't know what he – it wouldn't have made a difference. I don't think that they're – I don't know how much significantly better they are over the last couple of years with him because of how many holes that they've had. Mm-hmm. They've had so many woes on the offensive end. Uh, you know, they had the coaching transition there. It's, it's not a good look for the Bengals. It's just not. But at the same time, it wouldn't – I don't – I'm not saying this thing, oh, man, see, you could have been a playoff team. Right. You could have won a, a Super Bowl. That's not how and, any of this would have gone. And that. you're absolutely right because in that year, last year, we had 19 sacks. The Buccaneers were 7-9. and nine. Mm-hmm. And this year, you had eight sacks. They're headed to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, you just don't know. You just have no idea. Um, I just think back looking at the Buccaneers' perspective, when your quarterback has 30-plus turnovers, you're not going nowhere <laughs> at all. <laughs> like, it's just that simple. All right, it's the Justin Kinder Show with Kev Nash. If you missed the interview with the infant Simmons, that's going to be up at wingam.com. You can go and check it out. Also, keep in mind you can download and subscribe to the Justin Kinder Show podcast in your Apple iTunes and Google Play Store. The second that the show is over, the show in its entirety is posted right into your podcast section as well as select segments and all interviews, including the one we just did with the infant Simmons. We do have another Fitz. By the way, we have Ian Fitz Simmons and Jason Fitz on today's show. ESPN Radio's Jason Fitz will join us coming up in hour two at 4.30. We'll dive more into the Super Bowl talk. Plus, we'll get into more of this Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick. Uh, I saw that Amendola, I, I guess, on a recent radio interview, Kev, said that you know Tom Brady, it's as simple as this. It's Tom Brady was the Patriot way. Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl. The Patriots are not. It's clear that that's the Really? The Patriots hadn't been, they weren't in the Super Bowl last year, and they had Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. So right. that whole take doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. It's as simple as this. Tom Brady went to a team of talent. Bill Belichick has a roster with no talent. It's as simple as that. I don't. It's going to be a couple years before we realize just how important they were to one another. Right. But you give Bill Belichick a talented roster, he's going to win a Super Bowl too. And he doesn't. Like I don't think he needs Tom Brady to win a Super Bowl. Just like I don't think Tom Brady needs Bill Belichick to win one. It's just it's the basics here. Talent. You just need talent. That's all. Hour two next. By the way, college football is back. Well, I mean, not till August, but no, for real. Like it could be as early as June. 
Let's go. Right? Like the old video games used to come out in June, correct? Yes, sir. July, July, July. July. Yep. Okay. July. Well, maybe. I don't know when the release. So EA Sports uh, breaking news today announced that, well, the return of co- their college football video game is back. And I, by the way, Kev, I just sit on it for a little bit because I saw the tweet and I had this, fa- you know, I had the post written up on the on the website. And I, I was like, but what if this is fake? Like, I would hate to, like, share this and it'd be fake because there's no, I have no clue how they're putting a video game out. There's all this legal jargon going on about how the pay-to-play stuff, the, you know, abusing the player's likeness, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how are they doing this? I don't really care how they're doing it. I'm just <laughs> glad that they are. You and I had a good conversation about, okay, well, who should the face of the cover of the new EA Sports College football game be? And that's what the name of it is now. What did it used to be? NCAA yeah, College NCAA, Football? Yeah. I think that's how they're getting away from it, too, by the way. I think they're paying the rights to the NCAA for this game. I did it's not the NCAA college football game anymore. It's EA Sports College football. Yeah. But who should be the face of the cover? Who you know, which team should have a player on the cover? Should it be a coach? Should it be the, you know what I think it should be? That maybe the college football playoff look. There's a lot we can do here. But if you look back, the last time there was a game was 2014, but for the 13th season, you as you and I discussed. So we haven't had a game in what six, seven years now since yeah, the college man. football playoff started. I think you should take the best player of the college football playoff era and slap that baby up on the cover of the EA Sports college football game when it comes out later this year. That's what I'm thinking it should be. But who should that be? Should it be Joe Burrow? Deshaun Watson? Trevor Lawrence? I think you should put Nick Saban's big old head right there on that cover. <laughs> Maybe he's won three national championships in that time frame. We'll be back in a moment. Hour two next. Here on ESPN Dayton. Justin Kenner, Kevin Nash, back with you here. Hour two, Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM. All right, uh, this is interesting, too. I I couldn't believe this. Earlier today, I'm just kind of sitting on Twitter, scrolling through, and all of a sudden, EA Sports puts out that, hey, college football is back. They're releasing a college football game once again. And that was my absolute favorite game growing up. That I, I played that in the basketball game religiously. Like Those were my two favorites. Um, and then when I got into college, we switched over to 2K uh, for the NBA game. That's all we did. I remember like uh, the guys I played basketball with, we all would be a, an individual, you know, we'd all pick our player, and then we'd all be on the same team, and then we'd kind of all be on the, like, you know what I mean? It was pretty cool. It was pretty fun. Like That's what we did. But the last EA Sports game that I have is the Denard one with him on the cover and then the Blake Griffin one for college basketball. That one's pretty cool because, you know, you could you know, play at the Nutter Center, you could play UD Arena, <laughs> you could kind of do it all a little bit. It's pretty neat. Uh, so they're bringing the b- football one back. I can't wait for them to bring the basketball one back, too. I can't wait for any of it, man. I am so pumped for this, man. I saw it come down on my timeline as well, and I had to pull over. I was headed to the station. I had to pull over because I couldn't believe it was real. I had to read the entire story right there on the spot. I called my brother immediately. He didn't believe me. I sent him a link. We're both screaming, yelling, going crazy. And now my phone line is blowing up because all my friends that stopped playing after this game got discontinued have to go buy a new Xbox or a new PlayStation because they're bringing it out on the new system. So, you know, we're ready. I'm ready. I hope it comes out this year. I hope they're not dragging it out till 2022 bring it out july please i want it i need it and you know what's funny about that too and i I think back to like i don't talk to a lot of my former teammates or or you know college friends or anything too often but the way we used to stay in contact all the time was playing those videos live i mean hell even when i was in college when i was living in dayton and some old friends from high school and other 
the way we would still talk and hang out all the time would be, you know, do Xbox Live and play the game that way. But this is pretty dang cool. But there's so much that, you know, question marks that come with it. They never discussed a release date. Yeah. Uh, they didn't, you know, didn't talk about any details about basically the legalities of it, how they came about to having this done. Clearly, this has been in the talks for a while. Uh, this isn't just something that, hey, by the way, let's just go ahead and bring the game back and announce <laughs> we're coming back. I'm, I'm really confused as to how they're going to do it. Because there is so much of the legality talks in college athletics right now with the you know with the player likeness and the pay to play and everything else that's going on, Kev. So I'm surprised that they were able to pull this off. I just hope that I mean they're giving us something. Yeah. But I do wonder how much. I, I mean, you know what I mean? Like there has to be at some point the NCAA is going to look to take something from this. But the NCAA can't get anything from this without being criticized for the players not getting something too, right? right? Like that's where I'm confused as to how this is going to come about. But you know what? We can worry about that later. Yeah. The bottom line is this is pretty dang cool, and I'm pretty pumped about it. So with that being said, it's, well, when the cover comes out, when the when the game comes out, what, what's the game going to be? What's it, what's it going to look like? Mm-hmm. Who's going to be on the cover? And who should be on the cover? That, you know, that's the fun part about Madden is always trying to guess who's going to be on the cover. You know, and the NBA, who's going to be on the cover? You know, they did the, they put Kobe Bryant on the most recent NBA game that came out. I thought that was pretty cool. My favorite 2K game was the, uh, the MJ game. Uh, when they put Michael Jordan oh, on the, the cover, the legacy game. Yeah, that yeah. one was cool. That was the first game that with the you know really cool up to date graphics that you could be Michael Jordan and the Bulls, and you had Pippen, and you could be the old classic teams and everything. So the question is now, and we're live on Facebook. Head to Facebook, or you can call into the show at four five seven nine four six four. Who should be on the when the EA Sports releases its releases its brand new college football game here later on this year? I'm assuming, I'm hoping. <laughs> um, who should be on the cover, and should it be? A player from this most recent season, maybe a star player heading into this coming up. By the way, who is the star for this coming up season? For a while, we've had Tua, and then we had Trevor Lawrence, uh, and even Justin Fields slash Trevor Lawrence. Who's that face of college football for next year? Mac Jones is even gone. Right, he's gone. Uh, Probably uh, DJ. Uwe Agawale? Yeah. (laughs) How about that? I've been practicing. Probably him. (laughs) But So Uwe Agawale, do you put DJ Uwe Agawale on there? I think this is where you could be safe. And maybe put the college football playoff logo on there, but that's its own brand, so I don't think you could do that. Right. I'm surprised they didn't just release the college football playoff video game. You know what I mean? That would have been pretty dang cool too. Player, like my my suggestion is this: you can't put a player that's current. I mean, you can, I guess, but like I don't want a current player. I want to commemorate the last seven years of mm-hmm. no video game. Yeah. And to me, to sorry, to, I I got to stop reading these comments. Because it's like my ADD goes into to full like yeah. Anyways, I got to reset here. I got to regather myself and be a professional. So I think that the last seven years of not having a player or not having a video game and not being able to put players on there. I saw Joe Burrow tweet out that like he absolutely is obsessed with those games. He has always wanted to to be in one of those. And he said, of course, the year after he graduates, they come out with one. Right. So I was like, okay. So I think you take a a great player from the last seven years. When you think of the college football playoff era, the player that comes to your mind is who. Um, you and I were discussing this. I mean, it could be Joe Burrow. I wouldn't have no issue with that. Buckeye fans, he will be wearing an LSU jersey, so back <laughs> off. Uh, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, who do you put on the cover, Kev? Uh, i give you three. i give you my top three. Uh, number three for me would be Trevor Lawrence um, because he's led his team to the college football playoff three years, uh, won it as a freshman. That will be my number three spot. Number two spot will be Devontae Smith. Obviously, Bama won a national championship this year. He won the Heisman Trophy this year. But people forget he was the one that caught the touchdown pass to beat Georgia in the college football playoff uh, from Tua. 
as a freshman. So he has two national championships under his belt and a prime reason why they actually won those national championships. Uh, but number one for me will be Deshaun Watson. Um, the His play versus Alabama, um, the first time his sophomore year when they lost 40, I want to say 45 to 40, he was outstanding in that game. And then to follow it up the, the next year to beat Alabama in one of the best college football championship games we've ever seen and basically a walk-off touchdown to win it, I would say Deshaun Watson would be my pick. But ultimately, I would want some type of collage of all the Heisman Trophy winners are all the big time players. Oh, he kept going political from the last. Answered it without years. answering it. I from like the last it. seven years to you know to say, hey man, we we missed out on all this great talent to put on the cover and all these guys that you would have loved to play the game with. So we're gonna put a collage of them up there. You know, you gotta think about guys. Think about um, shoot, um, Johnny Manziel didn't get on the cover, did he? I don't think Johnny Manziel was on the cover. Uh, shoot, Jameis Winston wasn't on the cover. Derrick Henry, Lamar Jackson, Baker, Kyler, like all these other guys that that deserved their opportunity to be on the cover weren't on there. So I think a collage would be type would be pretty cool. But if I had to pick one person, one person, one player of the college football playoff era, I would say is Deshaun Watson. Uh, I do actually like your idea of the collage of just taking uh, maybe the seven national champions since the college, you know the first game that was out. You know the face of each one. So whether yeah. it's Zeke or Cardell Jones for fourteen yeah. and fifteen, you had what Alabama who won or Clemson that would have been Deshaun's. No, that was yeah, Bama. Bama so Bama just, won. Bama won that next year, forty-five to forty. Then when Clemson did Deshaun won. win a national title? The next year. Yeah, the next year. Okay, so I would put then who was the quarterback of Alabama that won that title game? Uh, I just put Derrick Henry on. Just forget. So yeah, he won the Heisman Trophy that year. I would put Zeke and Derrick Henry on for fourteen and fifteen. Sixteen, Deshaun Watson. Seventeen would have been Tua, and then eighteen, Trevor Lawrence. Nineteen, Joe Burrow, and twenty would be Mac Jones. So maybe that's too many players, but I mean, you know, they could make a cool graphic. They could make you could figure it out. Sims, Sims was the quarterback. No, 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 no. Uh, Blake Sims, Blake Sims, they lost to Ohio State in the Sugar Bowl. It was Jacob Coker was their uh, quarterback when they won the national See, championship. The only way it's the SEC network. It's the only reason we know any of this stuff. So Nick's, I mean, and Tony, uh, Tony, and by Theo, he's the one that sent in Sims. Theo, thank you for that too. He also said Stroud. Uh, look, he's a star in our eyes. But he shouldn't be because we have no clue who the hell he is. Right? Let's just be clear. I, I'm not going to do the Homer thing. But, I mean, you know, I, no, Theo, don't say my fault. You're bad. You don't need to apologize. You're good. I appreciate you. You know, hell, we we butchered all the Lions stuff yesterday, by the way. Like, we, I mean, I got people messaging me after the show saying, you guys literally know nothing about the Lions. And I said, I want to apologize about that, but I, I'm not. Should we know about the <laughs> I was Lions? Like, uh, but, no, no, no. They were, I, I told the guy that messaged me, I was like, you know, usually these messages are just ripping us for not knowing anything. But he was actually kind of polite about it. So I said, you know, thank you for that. We need Pam. Yeah, Pam was, you know, the Pam one, yeah. Uh, Nick Saban on the cover. Tony Ruiz Moreno says, uh, put Nick Saban on the cover. Ooh, that would only help their recruiting. I have no problem <laughs> with that. Look, the dude's won three national titles since the last, you know, college football playoff video, or college football video game came out. I have no problem with that. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is a weird, now that we're talking about this, though, it got me to thinking, every year you're looking forward to that next year with the, there is no, I don't know who the stars are for next year's college football season. There's no name like Trevor Lawrence is gone, Mac Jones is gone. Who was kind of you know, but you know Justin Fields. I think that shows how disjointed this season was because, really, 
the only games that I truly watched were Ohio State games. I really wasn't locked in as I would be in a normal season. I would watch a ton of football and then be I mean, like, oh, man, this guy's good, this guy's good, and I would know. But since I haven't watched as much college football as I normally would have, I really don't know one either. I really can't pick one out and say, oh, this is going to be the face of the of the next season. But outside of DJ... We all go lay. There you go. We'll, we'll say it together. I think I'll, you're gonna. I'll, ha- I'll say the easy part. You say the hard part. DJ Uiagalele. <laughs> I think you're gonna have G- uh, JT Daniels at Georgia. But again, these are recognizable names for us who are diehard college football right. fans. But as far as you know, uh, Charles Tackett said Sam Howell on the cover. <laughs> um, but like these aren't the North biggest Carolina. names. But I think we are about to embark on a new set of stars like this coming up season. Oh, yeah. By the way, and like what we're heading into this college football season without a lot of known stars, this is why like, football could survive this for one year because the stars will be created instantly and then you have them for the next couple of years. You're going to have a few years of C.J. Stroud if that's who ends up being the quarterback for Ohio State or a few years of Jack Miller. You're going to have a couple more years of Uiagawale with, with Clemson. Um, you know, so I think like that's what makes college football so great. College basketball, they're hitting the reset button every year. Yeah. Like our unknown for man, who's gonna be the star of next season? We this for the first time in a while, we don't know for college football. You know, we knew that Tua was gonna be there for two to three years. We knew Trevor Lawrence was gonna be there for three years, you know, Justin Fields and so on and so on. So that's what makes college football so great is I'm, that these players have enough time to breathe and, and let their brand to kind of take over. Yeah, I mean shoot, the biggest star in college basketball right now. Uh, Kay Cunningham, he's not even eligible for the tournament. You know what I'm saying? He plays at Oklahoma State and everything like that. Going to be a top-round pick in the NBA and everything like that. And he's not playing in the most important part of college football, which is uh, college basketball, which is March Madness because their team is ineligible to play. So, I mean, yeah, that is a big problem with college basketball. All right, four five seven nine four six four. Who should be on the cover of the new EA Sports College Football video game? Four five seven. 9464. We're getting names thrown at us on Facebook. Again, you could search the Justin Kenner Show and leave your responses there. But I'm curious, people's, you know, 457-9464, when that video game comes out, when you're holding it in your hand and you're looking down at it, who's, you know, which player, whose face, whose helmet are you going to be looking at when it is all said and done? Will it be a coach? Uh, I mean, who knows how, what it's going to end up looking like? I mean, it could just be, you know what you could do? You can go be you could be safe here. You could have the logo for all the Power Five conferences, but then that'll you know the American <laughs> Conference will scream too. I don't know what the safe route is, but it is weird. But like this isn't like if had the video game come out a year ago at this time, you could have put Trevor Lawrence's face on it right. easily. Yeah, easily. The year before that, you could have put Tua easily. Um, there's not an obvious star. Well, for you this can't. You up can't season. be. You can't be in school on the cover. You have to be out. A school to be on. The oh show. well, then never mind. This is easy. Then Trevor Lawrence's name's gonna, face will go on there. It's gonna be Mac Jones or Trevor Lawrence. I forgot that the player because yeah, yeah. they get paid when they're outside of college. Yeah. Then they get the money for that. I still, that? I still, I still think it should be a collage. And even like you got, you got to think this is a business. And you know, as hype as you and I are about it, this is a business. So you want to make sure you put a recognizable face. I forgot about face. them not being in the game at the moment. That was my bad. Yeah, I did forget about that. Keep going. I mean, it's been a long time. (laughs) It's been a long time since this game came out. But you want to put a recognizable face on the cover. So if it is a Trevor Lawrence, it is a uh, Joe Burrow, if it is, you know, uh, Deshaun Watson, because you want to have a guy that, you know, the the Madden users know about as well. Because believe it or not, some Madden players don't play college football and vice versa. You know, even though it's a football game, it doesn't play the same. It's not the same thing. So, you want to be a recognizable player out there to get everybody all juiced up to get the new game, and I can't wait. 
Uh, we're getting this from Doug Toby. He says Bernie Sanders in his lawn chair <laughs> with his mask and his mittens. Actually, that's the winner right there. I mean, can you you know the EA Sports College Football 2021? Bernie Sanders sitting there, you know, with his arms crossed with his mittens and the mask. I think, by the way, that screams 2020 college football. So, you know, I have no issue with that. It's to be in the game. Uh, yeah, get in the game. <laughs> uh, uh, this comes from Anthony Bauer. He says, uh, how about various mascots? Yeah. Um, I, that's a safe route to go to. The other reason I didn't think about that they're probably, they wouldn't put a collage on there. You've got to pay each player that you put on there. Yeah. They're not going to put seven players on there and have to pay God, you know, who knows what the fee is for each right. player to put on there. That's why more times than not, you just see one. You just have to pay one <laughs> player. I mean, but you're not going to put more than one. You know what? I could see that. The mascots. The, the mascots being on the cover or whoever that is, you know. So they're that. Well, shoot, what they do for uh, NBA 2K, you know, they had, obviously they have uh, the Kobe cover. But, shoot, this year they had um, Zion had a cover. Dame had a cover, and they're going to have the ultimate pack with somebody else on the front cover. So it's, it's possible. It's possible. Because it's going to sell out. It's going to do crazy numbers because if if my timeline is anything about what how people are feeling about this game, they want it, and they want it bad, and I'm one of them. All right, Justin Kinner, Kevin Ash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. We'll dive more into that coming up around the corner. We'll, we, we will have ESPN Radio's Jason Fitz hanging out with us, uh, with us here shortly. He'll be calling in at 430. Uh, last night, speaking of the NBA quickly, uh, you saw the, you know, what, what did LeBron call her? The, uh, courtside Karen. Courtside Karen. And right away, people started ripping LeBron. And I was annoyed with LeBron at first, too. I'm like, man, he had someone thrown out of the game. Uh, he he had someone thrown out of a game because he didn't like that she was heckling him. I'm like, come on, LeBron, that's soft. That's not actually what happened at all. LeBron in the post game said no. He actually did not want her thrown out. He wanted her to sit down. She kept standing up when they were trying to throw the ball from sideline out of bounds, and you know, not wearing the mask. Like that's what he was getting annoyed with. He actually said he 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 kind of he missed the fan interaction. He goes, that was the fun part of the game. He goes, almost every game there's somebody that he would interact with, kind of mm-hmm. like what we've seen from Reggie Miller and Kobe would do it, MJ yeah. would do it. So it, you know, they would use a fan that they would kind of stare down when they would yeah. hit a big bucket. So I'll give him credit. At first, I was annoyed, saying, "Man, LeBron, you look soft in this. You know this." Looks, you having a fan thrown out uh, because you didn't like what she had to say. Unless it's racial, you know. If you're throwing out like that type of stuff, obviously you should be kicked out. But no, that's not the case at all. He just he said he told security to sit her down is what he had told them, and then they ended up sitting her down out of the arena. Uh, but yeah, courtside Karen or what sideline Karen, whatever the hell he called her. But uh, I was pretty entertaining. Oh yeah, it was highly entertaining. You know, and just <laughs> the funniest line that LeBron said by far to me was I thought it was a father and daughter didn't know they were married because I guess her husband's like 55 and she's And he 25. was very sly with that too, by the way. <laughs> crafty, crafty. I love it, man. I mean, that's what we want, man. We want fan interaction. Obviously, we want to, you know, anybody kicked out of the game. We want it to be all in good fun, everything like that. But, you know, that's part of the game, man. You know, you go So to- she should not have been thrown out for the New York No, 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 no. You put, don't put on your mask and watch the game, boo. You got every right as a fan to boo and cheer for your team and everything like that. Like you said, as long as you don't get out of pocket. You know, we've seen plenty of sideline interactions where people get out of pocket with the name call and just taking it a little step too far outside of the boo and you suck, brick, airball. Like, you know, stay in those confines and you're good. But, you know, you know she was she was teetering, but she should have been able to stay in there. She should have stay in the game. Yeah, know? well, I like watching rich people be put in their place. <laughs> Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, there's something about watching. You can tell just rich, entitled people that aren't used to being told no, be told no. 
that, that, that there's a soft spot in my heart when that actually happens. Like I can't stand in, entitled people who just think that oh because I have money I could do whatever the hell I want. Like I can't stand those people. Uh, so you know you're jealous. Yeah, maybe you know maybe <laughs> I have quite no possibly clue. quite possibly you know. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But no, like I hope that if I ever became rich that I wouldn't become an a hole like most rich people. So I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just saying. Uh, but the bottom line is is is, is like you could it, it just. I'm glad, I'm glad they tossed her, but like I hope that you know not every time you say something. Keep in mind, I'm surprised we're not hearing or seeing more of this. I thought we were going to be getting more technicals in basketball. I thought we were going to be getting more technicals from the sideline, you know, whether it's players the on the coaches, bench or coaches, yeah. because these arenas are silent. Yeah. And I don't care if the NBA has even two or 3,000 fans. You've got to understand, 2,000 fans in a 20,000-seat venue, it's crickets in there. Yeah. Like Those 2,000 people can't make enough noise in there. Half the time you're watching on TV, you don't even hear the fans half the time because they're not making that much of, of an impact on the game, in my opinion. So... You know, I'm surprised we haven't had more situations like this because you say anything, you're being heard. And the, and the fans there, they're still drinking. Mm-hmm. They're still passionate. They're st- Justin Kenner, Kev Nash, back with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Guys, just keep in mind the Valentine's Day coming up just around the corner. And thanks to our show partners, First Forest and Greenhouses, they have provided us with a little special something or a little something special for you to give that someone special coming up here this Valentine's Day. Free uh, a free dozen roses and a vase we will be giving away to one lucky winner to give to their significant other this coming up Valentine's Day. And the only thing you have to do is head to Facebook, search the Justin Kinner Show, and you have to like the show page. And the second you like the show page, your name will be automatically enrolled into the drawing, which we will draw on Friday. We'll announce the winner on the show. We will contact you on the Facebook page that you like the show with. So, again, if you want to win a free dozen roses and a vase to give away to your significant other this Valentine's Day, all you have to do is head to Facebook and search the Justin Kinner Show, like the page, and follow along. If you already like the page, you're, you're in good you're in good standing. You're good to go. But you could also share the live video feed. You could watch the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash weekdays from 3 to 6 uh, on Facebook. And, of course, you could stream it live at wingam.com and listen live on 1410 Wing AM uh, live here in Dayton. So listen, stream, and now watch. Let's bring on our next guest. We have ESPN Radio's Jason Fitz. We had Ian Fitzsimmons earlier in the show, and now Jason Fitz joining us. Now, Jason, welcome in. How are you, sir? So you had other fits on the show. Let's exactly. be clear about We're it. We're throwing a know. lot of fits today. So that <laughs> you know, and, and and he and I had the great debate when Spain and Fitz was first put together. It was Freddie and Fitz at night after us, <laughs> and so they realized like three days before they were starting the new lineup back then that they needed to change one of them. And I was like, wait a minute, his last name isn't Fitz; it's Fitzsimmons. Like he keeps yard dog in my last name. Like my last name is only Fitz. He makes Fitzsimmons into the shortened version. So I constantly remind him that even though he's cooler than I am, he's other Fitz. So before we get into the Super Bowl this weekend, one thing we talked about with Ian Fitzsimmons was how excited we are about the new EA Sports College football game that's coming out that was announced today. Who should be on the cover? That's that's what we're trying to figure out right now is what's the fair way to go about who picking who goes on the cover. If you had to pick, if they called you and said, Jason, it's up to you, you get the final call, Who, which player, coach, or team, mascot, whatever, what's your idea for who should be on the cover of the EA Sports College football game when it comes out? You're going to feel like this is a cop-out answer. But if I'm EA Sports, when I put it out, in every state, like they do with some of the college football preview magazines, I'm putting the best player from that state during that time that there wasn't the game on the cover. Oh, so, it's like Bud Light you know, in the video. It's like the beer. Like when you go, they'll have yep. Bengals cans here, and you'll find, okay. That's not bad. That's yeah. not bad. I like that. Yeah. And by the way, guys, like, I, so this is the most humble brag statement of all time. <laughs> uh, like, but I will say that at some point in life, many of us in broadcasting have to get an agent, right? So I've got an agent, and 
you know, that's not something I usually utilize. But I saw that announcement. It took me maybe seconds to send the screenshot of the announcement with the text to my agent and said, get me on this damn game. I don't care how, somehow, <laughs> some way. I want my voice in this game. Like, yes. this game coming back is everything. So, yeah, I am... Uh, I'm like, look, I work in the college football space. Make it happen. So, you know, I, I may have said it way more gently than that. But, I, you know, I'm already openly campaigning. Uh, I'll, I'll put the, I'll add it to my tattoo on my right arm if they'll put me on the game. Let's go. And we found out, I mean, just, I mean, obviously, you know, your, uh, you know, your career started in music. And we found out just how great a voice you have in, in the Cheez-It commercial that you had come out. But did you know that Cheez-Its was actually created, it, it started right here in Dayton? Did you know that? I did not know that. Say wow, that. I that mean, is- that's... <laughs> Portion that in next season when we start our cheese. Like I'm going to work Dayton into the Cheez-It song next season. <laughs> yeah, so, the Cheez-It brand crackers were first introduced in 1921 by the Green and Green Company, then located at the corners of Cincinnati and Concord Streets. Again, that's pretty interesting. I found that really interesting just because of the commercial that you were, and I wanted to pass that along to you. But the Super Bowl coming up this week, obviously, your number one headline that you're looking for is what? Are you more of looking forward to potentially seeing Tom Brady? add another Super Bowl to his resume, or is this about the passing of the torch more so to Patrick Mahomes? What's the one thing you're most intrigued by this weekend? You know, honestly, I think the most intriguing storyline is how does Andy Reid change his play calling to adjust to whatever their limitations are on the offensive line? Because I think the only way you beat Kansas City is if you put up 40, and I don't think Tampa Bay can do that. So I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. But Tampa Bay did get a lot of pressure on Green Bay, which we didn't anticipate, right? Like, we didn't think that Green Bay would turn the football over. They did. So, you know, there's going to have to be some creativity in how they move Mahomes around. So, uh, But this comes down to, frankly, uh, as I keep saying, you don't beat Kansas City just by being better than Mahomes. You also have to outcoach Andy Reid. And right now, I just don't think that's easy. I don't know how many coaches can do it. And there's a coach, you know, in Andy Reid that had that stigma in Philly that he couldn't win a Super Bowl that – is going to be long since forgotten after he gets, I think, two in a row. And, I, guys, I, that's just the beginning. I mean, this Chiefs team is going to remain mostly intact next year as well. So, everybody, like, at some point I'm just putting my feet up and doing what what is so difficult to do as a fan and enjoying the ride. They're always the team that kept us from getting a steak dinner in Cleveland at the draft. That's how I view them, just so you know. <laughs> Oh, that is, that's also fair. <laughs> so with Tom Brady in the NFC Championship game, it was a tell of two halves for him. He balled out in the first half and then threw three interceptions in the second half, looking very Jameis-esque in the second half. Can Tom Brady do anything in this Super Bowl to hurt his legacy? Well, I don't think so. And that's, that's actually a great question, by the way. I don't think anything is going to change where people are dug in on Brady one way or the other. So. Uh, to me, when you get to this many Super Bowls and now you've done it uh, with a different organization, like my respect for Tom Brady has only grown in this process. I just wish he could admit that it was a fumble and there's no such thing as a tuck. But <laughs> outside of that, uh, you know, I, I look at Brady, and you're right. You know, the one thing with the three interceptions that I, I said at the time, and a lot of people didn't appreciate me, you know, hating on him apparently, but uh, those were three bad throws. Like they weren't, oh, this is a miscommunication or maybe, no, they were just three bad throws. So in the first half, we saw the, the best of what he can offer. In the second half, we saw the worst. And that's a level of inconsistency that won't win the Super Bowl because uh, the, this Chiefs team is tougher to stop than Green Bay is. So uh, I, the Chiefs are going to put up their points. That's why I'm not... It's Brady's inconsistency that I think is part of the reason they're going to lose the Super Bowl. But I don't think that affects his, his legacy. I mean, I just at some point, you have to tip your hat to this many Super Bowls in a career this many uh, impact uh, abilities. I, it's just his greatness is cemented. He's 
when he goes into the Hall of Fame, no matter how much people want to hate on him now, we'll tell our grandkids, oh, my God, I watched Tom Brady play. So, you know, yesterday, well, I guess, was some type of media day with Zoom and everything like that. I know it's only Tuesday, but for me personally, it doesn't feel like Super Bowl week. Do you think that's going to change as we get closer to the kickoff? No, and I think that's, you know, what, you're, what you just said is the biggest point of why this game is more predictable than most Super Bowls. Because the other nugget here is that Kansas City is not going to travel, it looks like, until Saturday to get to Tampa. Wow. And they're not even in Tampa. So they're sleeping in their own beds. They're using their own facilities. They're doing everything the normal way. So what you really have here is Tampa's playing a home game. Kansas City's playing an away game. So all of the weirdness that usually impacts the beginning of the Super Bowl from the changes in their warm-up times and people talk a lot about how it impacts the early portion of the game. Well, yeah, some of that will still be a little weird, but you'll have what has felt like a normal week all the way up to the Super Bowl for everybody involved. So. I think there'll be a lot less chaos and a lot less adrenaline early in the game than we're used to seeing. So we get a more predictable outcome because of it. ESPN Radio's Jason Fitz with us here on the Justin Kinder Show with Kev Nash on 1410 ESPN Radio. Uh, Jason, uh, Danny Amendola says that Tom Brady is the Patriot way. He says that, uh, you know, that's why he's in the Super Bowl and the Patriots aren't. And look, look, that's a very simplistic way of looking at it. I know people like to talk about debate. I know you do it on your show. We do it on this show from time to time about who won the divorce. Everyone, anytime there's a divorce, it's always who, you know, who's going to get the better looking significant other next, right? Like that's what always happens. But it, I, I look at Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, and I'm like, I, I don't think that they've started from the same starting block. And we're saying, oh, Tom Brady's winning. Well, he's winning a race that they didn't start at the same starting block. I mean, he has a talented roster. Bill Belichick does not have a talented roster. Is too much being given to the side of, oh, Tom Brady's definitely winning this split between him and Bill Belichick? A thousand percent. And, you know, we, we laugh about it on Spain and Fitz sometimes that what makes Sarah and I, you know, depending on the mindset, good or bad at our jobs, is that, we are not afraid to sometimes say maybe. And, you know, this is one of those instances like I love your divorce analogy. The one thing I'd say is that just because, you know, immediately one person is hopped on with a really hot person doesn't mean that that's <laughs> going to last long term. I mean, they have very different objectives. Brady's objective was to win a Super Bowl right now. At some point, you got to look at the objective for New England, and it's to build a franchise that can have sustained success winning. I, they, they took a flyer on a cheap quarterback. It didn't work out. So what now? What? So how they build their roster from this point is going to be really, to me, the defining portion of this. But if, if suddenly we see Bill in the Super Bowl again in three years and he's on a run that's going to take them to the AFC Championship year in and year out, that's going to be a much better indicator. Like, it is still possible that both of them are going to be just fine, that Brady can get short-term Super Bowls and that Belichick can get long-term rebuilding of a franchise, which is equally difficult to do. So you're right, they start in different starting blocks, but their end point is also much different in how they'll be judged. Uh, Jason Fitz with us here. Kev Nash, Justin Kidder with you hanging out. Again, the Super Bowl coming up, Patrick Mahomes uh, and Tom Brady. What The other big thing out of the NFL that happened this week, of course, was the, the blockbuster trade. You had Matthew Stafford, uh, again, now with the Rams. And, and everyone keeps talking about that the Rams gave up way too much and that they don't have a first-round draft pick until a few years from now. But, Jason, one thing Kevin and I talked about yesterday is, to me, when I look at draft picks, the whole purpose of a draft pick is to get a good player that is going to help you win. So why does it matter? 
matter what they use the first-round draft picks for. If the purpose of a draft pick is to get a player that's going to help you win, then why does it matter if they use that draft pick to draft a player or to use it to trade to get a player? To me, the Rams are confident that they gave up those first-round draft picks to get Matthew Stafford, someone who, in their eyes, can help them beyond any first-round pick that they were going to acquire over the next couple of years. What was your thoughts on that initial uh, trade that was announced over the weekend, and did the Rams give up too much, in your opinion? No, I don't think the Rams did at all. You're right. And not only that, the Rams got out of a bad contract. I mean, golf was sort of a throw-in on this contract. It really wasn't about <laughs> golf. It was almost an NBA deal. But they got out of a bad deal at the quarterback position that allows them to bring in Stafford. The Lions take on golf, fine, whatever. And you're a 1,000% right. Uh, they, the last first-round draft pick on the Rams roster was 2016, and that was uh, obviously golf. He's no longer with the team. So they will end up having uh, no first-round picks in 16 all the way up until 24 at this point. And it's not hurting their ability to, to contend. I mean, they've made the playoffs three of the last four years. They're constantly in that conversation. They just upgraded the quarterback position, and they did it substantially. So you know, every single draft pick is at some level a crapshoot. Like, there's there's risk in all of them. And I, and I said last year there were two guys, Chase Young and Joe Burrow, that I thought were absolute. You risk everything for those two guys. This year, there's Trevor Lawrence. Everybody after Trevor Lawrence there could be an argument for why they may or may not succeed, and nobody really knows what they're doing. So, you know, realistically, I look at the draft as calculated risk every single time. If the Rams are able to do their job in scouting from the second to the seventh round and their pro scouting department can find value-free agents that can come in, then they're going to be able to continue to acquire talent as they've done, and they're going to continue to be competitive. And in the meantime, they got themselves out of a bad deal. I think the Rams are playing chess and the rest of us are playing checkers, and you know, if I ran an NFL franchise and you told me I had to give up four years of first-round picks to get to Sean Watson, but I know that I've got my quarterback for the next 12 years, I'm doing that without hesitation. So I have no problem with two years for Matt Stafford. Two years worth of first-round picks, yeah, I'll do that all day. You bring up Deshaun Watson. When is that domino going to fall? Yeah, I, I don't – everybody keeps saying that, you know, uh, I see smarter people than me on Twitter uh, that have covered <laughs> the league for a long time that are saying, you know what, this is not going to happen. It, he, I, it's got to happen before the draft. I mean, worst-case scenario to me for the Texans is that they decide that they think they can strong-arm Deshaun Watson, and he just doesn't want to play. So if he sits out this year and they don't find another quarterback option, what are they, are they just going to throw this season away and then start a rebuild next year? They're already kicking their fans in the face with the way all of this is going. Do they want to add an extra year to it? So I think they've got to get it done before the draft because they need to get equity right now. And I think if they could get themselves much like the Lions did, if they can take on a quarterback of some sort in the process that at least bridges the gap, that's the best solution for the Texans. I mean, and, but this is a, a domino falling. And, again, people disagree with this. But if Aaron Rodgers sees Deshaun Watson affect his own destiny, you want to tell me he's not going to look around and maybe do the same thing? I mean, there are a lot of quarterbacks that are going to look at it. And this opens the, the, the can of worms. I mean, if – if you're Trevor Lawrence and in four years the Jags think, are you looking at it and saying, no, if you're Joe Burrow and the Bengals never get that offensive line right, you looking at it and saying, no, guys, I'm good. I'm going to play somewhere else. Like There are only a few players that can do this. But now if one does it successfully, if you're a top-five quarterback in the NFL, it's a game-changer for the next generation. You know, you see that everything that went on with Houston and James Harden, him being very vocal about him wanting to leave the Rockets, and then you have – Deshaun Watson basically letting his agent and everybody do speculation about why he wants to leave. When do you think we're going to get an actual reason out of Deshaun's mouth about why he wants to leave? Because, you know, it's really all, you know, hearsay, she say stuff right now. Yeah, I think mean, about two weeks after a trade's finalized, like there is still this level of like, 
you know, quarterbacks are held to a different standard. And it's funny that we can see a Jalen Ramsey force his way out. We don't think anything of it. We can see wide receivers force their way out. We don't think anything of it. But we suddenly think that quarterbacks are supposed to act a certain way, speak a certain way, do things a certain way. And so Deshaun's already pushing the envelope there. I think if he airs all of his dirty laundry now publicly, that's not something he wants to even put in the minds of other teams. So as dumb as that sounds, I think he'll remain silent until the trade is done. And then when the trade is done, we'll see some glorious report from, you know, some insider somewhere will finally get the scoop. And it's got to be worse than we know. Like, this can't just be about Jack Easter being a former chaplain that's now become an assistant GM or whatever. Like, it can't just be that. There has to be more to it. So I, I can't wait for the juicy details. All right, you can catch Jason Fitz every weeknight right here on 1410 ESPN Radio as one half of Spain and Fitz, 7 to 9 p.m., and he'll be coming at you live coming up here later on following our show at 7 o'clock. Jason, we always look forward to this each week. We'll do it one more time next week to recap the Super Bowl, and, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to talking to you again soon. Appreciate it, guys. Have a great week. Later. All right, that was ESPN Radio's Jason Fitz. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, like the whole cheese it thing. I, have, you, have you seen the commercial? You yes, 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 okay. yes. Yeah. He could sing. I didn't know he could sing. Pipes. I need Pipes. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Golics can sing, too. But not like Not Fitz. like that. <laughs> not like Fitz, though. <laughs> you know. Golics can sing, like, for normal people, not for, like, real entertainers like Fitz. <laughs> so here's a good way to end this segment. Ron Howard says, I heard that Goff got the boot because he was hot for McVeigh's wife. Have you seen McVeigh's wife? <laughs> he ain't going to have a team. <laughs> but, I mean... <laughs> Uh, Vincent Waller on Facebook says, "You act like Belichick only ever had success. Not true. Again, he was he has a losing record in his career without Tom Brady as his quarterback, and the no talent on the Pats is on him. He has a huge say in the roster. Uh, you're right; he does have a say. But keep in mind, the Patriots were going in a rebuilding mode. Like right. they they were trading away first round picks. They were I mean they had guys opting out left and right. They were not going in the direction of a team that was pursuing a Super Bowl like the Bucks are. Uh, so Tom Brady going to a team that's pursuing a Super Bowl and Belichick staying with a team that is rebuilding to win a Super Bowl it's two different things. That's why and, and Vincent you could end up being right when it's all said and done. I just don't think that it's fair not even a year after he splits with the Patriots to say oh yeah Tom Brady definitely won this. Sure Tom Brady's going to be the first to win one but what if Bill Belichick turned like what if Mac Jones becomes like if they draft him and he becomes the next big star in football and they go on to win a Super Bowl or two then that tone's going to change That's my whole point was is as of right now you can't declare a winner I'm not saying Belichick's the winner in this I'm just saying but it's definitely not either you can't the divorce until you know everything's finalized I don't think anything's finalized yet at all know. and you got to look at Bill Belichick and what he does defensively because he's a defensive head coach uh, the first Super Bowl that they run was against the Rams, the fastest show on turf. They shut them down. The uh, Super Bowl that they most recently won was versus the Rams uh, when they were one of the highest scoring offenses in the NFL. They shut them down three points. Uh, the Super Bowl that they came back and won against the Falcons. Falcons were like scored like 30 points in the uh, first three quarters, shut them completely down. So the defensive schemes that Bill Belichick is drawing up and having his players execute, he gets kudos for that. It's a Bill Belichick's a dog. He's one of the best coaches of all time. They won seven games this year. Look at that roster. That's not a seven win. With tons of opt outs. Starters. Not that, backups. Starters. That's not a seven win roster. That's all I'm gonna I mean again, it means nothing. You didn't make the playoffs. It's an expanded year. You still didn't make all I'm saying is is they had every right to be down in the basement with the Bengals and the Jags and all those teams, and there they were. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not a big fan of that who won the divorce thing. Like, yo, they both played a major part in that team accomplishment. 
you can you can like both guys. Both guys deserve a lot of credit for that. I mean, to, to really think that all oh, this whole thing was Tom Brady. Tom Brady ain't out here calling defenses. Tom Brady ain't out here making all those uh, kicks that Vinatieri was to win games. You know, it's a team sport. Yes, he's the lead guy. Yes, he's the GOAT, no doubt about it. But you got to give the other teammates and the head coach a lot of credit. They shut the Rams down to three points. Three points in the Super Bowl. McVay. That offense is what led to Zach Taylor getting a job exactly. with the Bengals. It's what led to every, pretty much anyone that, and that's why we joke, anyone that ever made eye contact with McVay got a job in the NFL that year because of how great that offense was, and Bill Belichick shut it down. Sure, Tom Brady and the offense didn't look great. Oh, yeah, they scored 13 points. But, again, they scored three points going the into the fourth quarter. Unreal. All right, when we come back to close out hour number two, the, the Dayton Flyers.